We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, Lucky Lefty Podcast? Happy Tuesday to everyone. The Anora Boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. And it's that premium American whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. You got to drink responsibly. It's going to be a fantastic show. Leaps and bounds at Notre Dame. We're going to talk about how Notre Dame physically and mentally takes the next step to be a national championship contender. Then we're going to ask the can-eyes or the, the can'ts. The can'ts or the can-eyes for Notre Dame in 2023. I, look, I can't wait to see Malik's responses to these. That's right. right? Because he's, always, he's already given us some of the most comical <laughs> <laughs> statements in the last two shows. And we're going to continue that trend, man. We thank you guys so much for how you support us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All of our great content. As a matter of fact, our boy John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting, over there with us. He's going to join us either Thursday or Friday, depending on how his schedule shakes out, right around noon Eastern. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We sent it. Different. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed 
on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into everything today, Left, let me ask you a question. Because you predate Matt Bayless. Yes. What was it like before Matt Bayless as far as off-season, weight training? And before you even get into that, were you a go-home type of guy Like once the bowl game was over? Because a lot of guys, I saw a lot of guys go home. They had about two weeks, a little bit under two weeks to spend with their family. Some guys were still training while they were at, you know, their particular, you know, their vicinity of their homes. I just wonder how many people just choose to stay on campus. Like, man, no, I'm staying here, working out, using the facilities. Is it usually the younger guys, the freshmen that are trying to go back home and see family and the veterans stick around? Is that how it usually goes? Man, I think everybody kind of, you know, Notre Dame's interesting because everybody's from everywhere as opposed to, like, Florida where 90% of the students are from Florida. They just go back home or whatever. Or they're, or they're like, halfway commuting. Like, some weekends they'll be gone and back home all weekend, you know. But at Notre Dame, you know, everybody's trying to book flights. Like, for instance, Nico, <laughs> anytime we had a break, Nico would just hop on the jet and just go back to Vegas. Same day, <laughs> like you know, no booking, just make a call, get on the, and, and out of here. Some guys stick around for a couple of days because they gotta take a bus or a flight or do something. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I I like to use my time to go train. You just said, and then some guys do other things. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's all in the air when it comes to Notre Dame because. When I know with the coaches, they disappear once football breaks. Yeah. You know, the Notre Dame coaches now were out on the road recruiting, going to various schools, building up the database for the class of 2024, giving out offers. 2025, same thing. That's their focus. So now we go to you have the freshmen coming in early enrollees. And then you have the returning players. They put out a video yesterday of them working out. You saw Tyler Buckner working out. You saw Sam Hartman. You know, I think he was doing some deadlifts. The impact of Matt Bayless on this program, in your opinion, how impactful was it from your POV based upon, you know, what you guys did or didn't have before Matt Bayless showed up? I think being there before Matt Bayless got to show me kind of 
the end of what worked at a time for our team. And then it became a part where we were transitioning from a three-tier type team to a two-tier. So the messaging and the things that we were doing, we were graduating from, especially the class above me and in my class, we were graduating from that 2012 model of winning football games to a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more explosive type of athletes where we went from a, a Eshack and Shimbo to a Ade, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally, totally different type of players during that time. So I think where Bayless came in is he came in with the uh, updated version. You know how your iPhone gets the hit you with the restart so you can get the new version of the iOS. Just well, did it last the, night. <laughs> Just did it last night. Well, we got the iOS version uh, of Notre Dame strength program with Matt Bayless, and it and it revived a team that needed some reviving. I think those younger guys we were getting those different type of athletes like a Chase Claypool, Equinemius, a Miles Boykin, where we can't just do the same power lifts that were working before. So what ended up changing with Matt Bayless, he brought a fresh attitude. He was a lot more physical because we needed that. And he, and he was doing a lot of different dynamic type of workouts that, you know, it really shocked the team on the, and, and recharged and jumped the battery of our team and went from a four and eight to a, what was undefeated the next year or something like that. So it, his, his mental messaging and the mindset build and, and the team character and the toughness, Matt Bayless was able to bring that with a seriousness and, and a consistency that, you know, it made those body types change in that locker room. And I think they can appreciate it going forward. I'm interested. How much do you look at the Gator Bowl win in a disappointing season and compare it to that Music City Bowl win in a disappointing season in 14? And say to yourself, this team has a chance if they really approach this offseason with the right mindset barring the catastrophic injuries that you guys suffered in 15, this 2023 team has a chance to really make waves in college football. Yeah, it comes in waves. And I think this, you know, Notre Dame's been bubbling for a good minute to where we were a a piece or two away, a call or a game or a couple points away from being considered a, a regular dominant type of football team. And I think what really changed was that now in this 23 class, we have all the pieces. There's no more questions. The ones that we had asked last previous two seasons, we've answered in the next seasons coming up. We're excited with our youth. We're excited what we got coming back, and we're excited with that middle of the roster Mm -hmm. uh, provided a couple more pieces fall in line. So now you're getting to a point where the coaching's right, quarterback's right, and the units are right. Even our special teams got better over the last two years, which has been a mystery for us in the previous 10, 15. From a, where is the explosion coming from on a special teams levels? And I think we found not only the coaching, but the right uh, mix of players that can make that happen. And then you go to the, the what's going to make it different. And I think right at 23, we have a, a, a enough 
with the talent on the team and with the scheduling that we're going to we're going to get the attention of a lot of programs and a lot of people across college football because we're playing the three biggest games with potentially the best quarterbacks in the country once again our quarterback can finally match up in in some way with these three that we're facing we have a schedule that's obviously national championship worthy and with everything included Marcus Freeman is at a at a point where it's make it or break it this is year two, is make it or break it. The, the team is right where it should be, and it's a trajectory of we continue this dynasty, or you can really take a hit not being successful, having a repeat uh, nine and four season as well, or eight and four, eight and three. I, I guess you kind of answered my question because the challenge for you guys was to get back to what was done, yeah. right? The national championship game in 2012, you guys started off 2014, fantastic. Second half of the season, took a dip, injuries, disappointing play. And then you come back, bowl game, and then the next thing you know, you guys are like, Cam McDaniels talks about, or Cam McDaniel talked about the speech he had going into the Music City Bowl, encouraging the seniors to take things out right and kind of challenging the underclassmen to say, yo, do you guys even care if we win this game? Like, do you care about the program and how that sparks you guys going into the offseason? I just wonder if you see the same swag in this 2023 squad because that's one of the things you've talked to me about, talked to me about privately is how – you guys approach the off the off season like in a disrespectful way, like you, Greg, Will, guys that really had not jumped upon the scene yet. But I guess you were doing it in practice, and but you guys had so much confidence that you went to that off season like, dude, oh, we're about to kill college football next season. Oh, absolutely, and I think a lot of that was the inner confidence that we had working in the background. And we really took advantage of uh, knowing what we wanted to to be a part of, which was a championship team, and knowing that even though we may not be uh, in that prime position yet, because, you know, we had T.J. Jones, DeVars Daniels, Tommy was there. Mm-hmm. You had Nick Martin was there. You know, we had guys still in the holster, but we really bought into the next man up mentality where at any moment you could – get in there and then if you get in there don't mess it up because you got that window and i think one of uh and throughout the initial season you got to see some guys flash some guys get in there early like will fuller got in there in the pinstripe bowl uh and and had a couple plays where you kind of was like what was that and that gave us the confidence like next year oh it's a wrap because i've been working with will all the time and but you know outside of practice and and then seeing him be able to translate what we were doing in the background, in the foreground, I'm like, oh, this this is really, this is, you know, if you really work, you can put it on the field for real. Like, this is, it transfers. <laughs> so that kind of confidence, uh, I think it just emanated throughout the entire team. And then the, and the guys uh, that came in after us kind of saw that and understood that, you know, there was a certain expectation or a level of work that uh, we were committed to. And, you know, Notre Dame isn't like we are surrounded by a bunch of amusement parks or nothing, but 
uh, it gave us enough time to lock in with each other. And uh, I think that's the the underrated part about it. That summer where we're living in the dorms together is only us on campus, uh, really brought us close together on uh, on and off the field. And I think that just you just saw that chemistry on game day. Yeah, I reached out to Drake Bowen this weekend, you know, because it was his first full week. And I'm like, yo, how was the how was the week? And he was like, yo, busy. But it was fun. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's fun now. Like, I understand the fun now. Like, man, you check in. Be like, heck yeah. It goes back to you telling me, like, yo, when you first get there, all you worry about is the schedule. And yeah. not being late to workouts, class, and it's you and your roommate making sure that you guys stay on task. And I kind of picked up the same vibe with him. Like, man, I'm just focused. They have us on a crazy schedule. We're always going. We're going from this to that. And then just, you know, adding in classes beginning to start. It, it was it was it was very interesting to see him say it was fun at the beginning. I want to ask him like a month from now, <laughs> like, is it still fun? You know, I, I'm interested to in seeing what he would say. Yeah, that's the thing about a, a place like Notre Dame that happens so fast because you're so focused on the next task. And by the time you finish your last task, you're like, damn, I graduated. <laughs> Man, wow. Because you always going to have a paper or a project or a prep. You're always prepping. I think that sums up Notre Dame. Uh, the best. You're always prepping, whether it be for a game, practice, homework, mm -hmm. uh, you got a, a project, phone call, interview, uh, internship. You're always prepping at Notre Dame. They just call it Notre Dame Preparatory Academy because you're always prepping, watching film, uh, making your food. You know, they got a place in the dining hall. You make your own little, you know, make your own little waffle or something. <laughs> So you always prepping at Notre Dame, and I think uh, it really translates when it comes to getting results. Yeah, uh, anything it's a result based business over there, but you see why there's a lot of prep that goes into uh, how we even call offense as intricate as it looks. So I guess it requires a lot of trust to do that, you know. So one of those things. LL Nation, you guys have a fabulous chat going on right now talking about the 93 squad and some of the other great squads at Notre Dame. So I'm going to take that for a second, and I'm going to test my co-host and see just how honest he's going to be. Left, fully healthy, fully healthy, no injuries, 2015 versus 2012. Who wins? We will win because we were more <laughs> athletic, but – they were they were kind of one dimensional, you know. They were just going to throw it to Eifert or try to run the football. But they just going to disrespect Tommy and Ed like that. No, 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 no. They were good at what they did. But 2015, we were just we could do everything. You know, it wasn't a limit to what we could do. I thought in 2012, you saw what we couldn't do versus Alabama, but there was nothing mm. that in 2015 we couldn't do. You know, especially when we had it going the way we did. So. Um, I think it would definitely be a good game, but we were too explosive on offense. We were a team that was hitting 42, 40, 43, 44 points a game. 
if in 2015, 2012 was a bunch of close 24, 20, you know, type of situations, double overtime, you know, overtime, a couple. We 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 wasn't trying to make things close in 2015. I would have loved, loved to see you all try to run on that front, though. You said, say, you said I we would have tried? No, I said I would have loved to see the 15 team trying to run against that defensive front. It's just crazy because we got the same players, you know what I mean? It would be Zach going against, you know, who he's going against. And then, but Zach at a different level. But Zach at a, like a – 2014 Zach was, was, was prime Zach. Right. Or, yeah, 2014 was prime Zach. So 2012 Zach was still really good. The 2014 Zach was was no sacks allowed, right? But we had Ronnie who also had no sacks allowed. True, See that. what I'm saying. So I think we would have got him just because. I mean, me, Will, and then the run game, and then everything else we had. I really believe Tyler would have been a, a. It would have been tough, but outside of Tyler and then running the football, what was 2012? Man, I would love to take it even deeper, right? So let's say we say no injuries, no suspensions, which means you got Greg. Oh, yeah, we really beating them, man. <laughs> you got Greg, Tarian. No CJ. injuries. I don't, I, no injuries. We definitely could have been a top three team in Notre Dame history. Top three. Let me, think no about, injuries, let me let me let no me think about nothing. that for a second. Let me think about that for a second. Because we would have went undefeated, and then it, at a time where Bama was who they were, right before Deshaun Watson and Clemson became who they were, Stanford was still really good in the mix. I mean, they was making the playoffs, or they was in contention because they had McCaffrey, and you know, I mean, twenty fifteen was a was a. a a season for college football history, really, on how things started out. Now, I know we say this. I trust the 12 coaching staff a little more than I trust the 15 staff. I like the 12 coaching staff. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I if, if, it was, if I had to mesh the teams, I would say definitely give me Diaco. Oh, definitely. I like that. I like Coach Martin. I love Coach Martin. Denbrock was still there, so but Coach Martin was different. Yeah, you you guys probably had better special teams too. Yeah, the mirror back there. Yeah, the mirror. CJ Sanders. Lil Ray. <laughs> yeah, Lil Ray. We had Greg back there for a game. He had a damn near touchdown on the on the punt return. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Also, follow us on YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, great conversations that we have on a daily basis. You already know, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different.
So fast forward. Let's talk about some of the gains that need to happen. Some of the gains that need to happen. And I wish we could get deeper into this. But we'll like give, you know, maybe the top three. I would like to see Blake Fisher and Joe Alt get stronger. I think that's the bigger thing. Because if I'm forecasting like playoff, I want to see them be able to get more push. Blake Fisher being stronger, uh, definitely I would love to see uh, just because I think he can be that force that you see, that Aaron Banks type of figure on the line where you're like, man, that's a big dude. I don't want to mess with him. Right, right. I think in 2015, having Q just gave our overall line like, a, oh, they're good and they're mean. Mm. You know, it's one thing to be a good old line. Like Michigan's a good old line. They boom, they combo block and they boom, boom, boom. But they wasn't mean. 2015, we was good and mean. Where, you know, you might get a, catch an elbow messing around or we might block you through the whistle. We might hold you down a little bit or something. Right, you know, we right. was on that type of time. Because right. Q gave us that, yeah, we, we really out here, you know, moving things around, moving furniture. So I think being good and mean is something that uh, having Blake be the enforcer type I think it would be a good one. Like, what do they say? The jabroni? He's the in hockey. They call him the jabroni. <laughs> yeah. Just throw him out there. Just beat, beat up somebody. Then we good, you know. I think that could be his his uh, his image for the offensive line I think we can carry the next year with him yeah. being stronger. Yeah. That, that would be interesting. I think something else I would like to see, I think Tyler's too tight, like his body type. You yeah, know, he's we a have stiff, a tight body type. He's a stiff yeah, And I don't know if maybe yoga or something else, some band work. I just think that's the type of that's athlete. That's just the type of athlete he is. Because he's like, when he runs, he's like, ah, ah, like herky jerky almost. Yeah. Like a, like yeah. a stick shift. You really yeah. got to. He is like not smooth <laughs> whatsoever. Like, no way he's not smooth. But he gets there and everything. And you'll be like, oh, he's athletic. But, like, everything he does is 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yo, you can't – as a quarterback, you run the ball like a legit running back. Like, he legit really runs the football. Mm-hmm. You know how some guys, when they run, it's like, oh, they – like, get him down, get a hand on him, do something, you know, because right. he's just out there like somebody hit him. Right. Tyler Buckner's like, I'm taking on hits. Right. Like, we're, we're running to get the <laughs> <laughs> But I think yeah, that's a great point, though, for him to be – just smooth it out. Just like, smooth it out a little bit, right? Like, is it something Matt Bates can come up with and kind of like get for Yeah, I'm not know? trying to make him, you know, lessen his strength. That's not what I'm trying to do. Shape it a little bit differently. That would be a gain if they could. I mean, I look, I'm just saying, hypothetically, theoretically, we're talking gains. Like, if he was a basketball player, he would be like that Kenneth Fareed type of player. Like he's getting, he's trying to get boards. He's banging low, and he ain't the biggest or nothing. But he out there, you know, Isaiah Stewart type, mm. just a good ball player. But you just kind of rough. Don't put you in nothing. You you know you the type to 
walk into my house, just be bumping things off the table on accident. You turn around, knock something over on accident. You know, you're just a rough, you're a rough dude. <laughs> Yo, how many pounds do you think 15 needs to add? Tobias Merriweather. If he got the ideally, if he looked like Kevin Austin, I think Kevin Austin was a good prototype for a size type of thing or a Miles Boykin type. Miles started looking better his senior year instead of looking, you know, like a kid from Chicago. He put some weight on, you know. Man, well, hold on, hold on. What you trying to say? Like Tobias right now, six four one ninety eight. That's what he came on, came in. He'll right be now. six four two twenty five, and he be and keep the speed two twenty five. Yeah, yeah, he'd be dangerous because he's not a he's not a, oh, a maybe 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 get to two twenty five, but like two ten for the sophomore year. Oh, I'm saying end of the end of the career two twenty five. Yeah, two twenty five by the time he's done. Okay, but, but I'm not trying to see him. He, yeah. I would like to see him big just because if he can be that speed and 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 be that size, he's a young Calvin Johnson. Because you're not sending him on routes where he's got to get inside and be quick and all that. He's Calvin Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Post, go routes, maybe a dig or two. Send him deep. Yeah. Because he keeps his speed. It's another level. I definitely want to see right along the offensive line, just in general, get stronger, more explosive. Create, man, create more movement, especially on the interior of that offensive line. That, that's something I'll definitely be looking for as far as gains. I'm interested in seeing of guys like Howard Cross and the interior defensive linemen, what their weights are. I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing what Tyson Ford is weight wise too. Is he gonna sit? Is he gonna sit in that 280 range, or is he gonna sit in that 280, that 290 range, and basically be used strictly interior, rather than you know when they go to a three man front or an odd front, being able to play the edge with his athleticism. That's something I'm gonna watch as well. That'll be interesting. LL Nation, how do you think how do you think Audric Estime is gonna come back and look? He's already, man, cut is not even a word. Would you like him to stay the same? Would you like them to cut? Would you like him to cut weight? Would you like him to add weight? LL question of the day. Or is he perfect right where he is? Audric Estime. We're talking about games. Leaps and bounds at Notre Dame. All season workouts have begun. We talked to some of the, well, we talked to Drake Bowen. He talked about he's having a ball. He's having fun. And it's just super busy. What do you think? Everybody, John Massey said, yeah, probably stay the same. Drop a little. Ryan Loftus said, remain the same. Thank you for tapping in today. <laughs> Mr. Sanders said, add Derrick Henry 2.0. Yeah, he's definitely not skipping leg days ever. Ever. Yeah, 
it is it's it's going to be interesting. I think for me, him and Logan Diggs and the expectations that I think everybody in the fan base has for that combination in the entire backfield. It's going to be interesting to see how they attack this offseason, how they try, try to change their body. Um, of course, getting stronger so they stay healthier, especially Logan Diggs. This, honestly, this will be Logan Diggs' first healthy offseason. So I'm looking forward to how he can impact himself and impact his game in this offseason. Man, Roger Blackman said he thinks that he can add about 10 pounds. Mm, one thing I will say, Audrey Estimate has some of the best feet for the running backs. And that's one thing I pointed out, like watching him in the spring last year. I was like, yo, his feet are amazing, dude, to be that big and be that size. So. The original Clyde the Glide. I love that, Clyde. Thank you for tapping in. I think Hulk Smash needs to get stronger like Julius Jones did. Well, Julius Jones, that DNA from the Jones family, <laughs> they cut up easily. Almost if they just did five curls, their muscles would just bulge. But I'm just interested in seeing what he looks like after this offseason training with Matt Bayless. And what his focus, not only for him and, you know, just talking to Dela McCullough and the plan they have. Because, man, watching that Ohio State game over the weekend and even going back to the Gator Bowl, Audrey Estime has some, some of his most impressive runs. You know, he's had some impressive runs. But the the play before... The touchdown to Mitchell Evans, the game-winning touchdown to Mitchell Evans. And then he had a run against Ohio State in the second quarter. Might have been two of his most impressive runs all year, and they might have totaled five yards. They may have totaled five yards. I'm talking about he got cracked by multiple Buckeye defenders at least four yards behind the line of scrimmage and ended up making three yards out of it. The South Carolina game, they had, you know, it, they were tired defenders, but at least two or three of them had a crack at him three yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he ends up getting two to three yards and turned it from being possibly third and 11 into third and eight, third and seven, which gives Tommy an opportunity to, Go ahead and call that next play. So, which was funny because I think South Carolina at that point really thought, this is funny, Lev. South Carolina really thought Notre Dame was going to be playing for the field goal, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, this is Notre Dame. This is Notre Dame. There's no oh, way. Notre Dame would have did that. Facts. 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 And I think Beamer, they – they looked at the personnel and said, oh, man, they're going to play for the field goal right here. Play action, backside drag, tight end. There you go. But just the effort by Aldrich Estime. What would you like to see from, from, from seven? You want to see him at the same weight? You want to see him add some weight, drop some weight, 
I like what Audrey Estime brings as an impact runner. Mm-hmm. He's running through the whole colliding with something and moving things around himself, uh, falling forward. So whatever can help him continually, uh, maybe it's add weight, maybe it's speed, but whatever he can do to continue to, whatever he can do, how do I say this? Whatever he can do to help him, to help him fall forward. Gotcha. If he can build on falling forward like he does, that's an easy four yards to carry. And I think that would be a great jump start for an offense to start second and six. You can do anything you want. Short yardage, if he's falling forward, whether that be add some weight or some speed or whatever, that may be even five yards next year. I think him being a force in that drive starter, because he's a drive starter, Mm -hmm. you backed up with something tough, give it to him, he's getting you four, giving you some breathing room, or finishing drives. That's his role on the team I can see. I wouldn't make it so much like he's got to touch it 30 times. Mm -hmm. But the times he does touch it are in moments of the game that you really need it. Right. also moments where you got to punch it in. It could be situations like that. I think Logan Diggs would be the better overall back on a down to down. But if estimate maybe he gets bigger and maybe has some speed, as long as he's falling forward, I think he's in a good spot. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Benjamin Morrison, you really just want to see him add some strength. Well, Ben Morrison is is really just get bigger, uh, get faster, obviously. Mm-hmm. The things that are special about him are things you really can't train, like just having an awareness for the ball. Can't really train that. Uh, His hands look really natural. Can't really train. I mean, you can train it, but some guys can just know how to, you know, they say form the diamond when you catch it. Some dudes know how to do that really well. So um, for him, it's just a maturity through college football. Just get bigger and stronger and faster. I think the entire sophomore class just needs to get stronger, right? Perfect example, man. We saw Jalen Sneed come off the edge, pass rushing, but he just didn't have the strength to hold off the tackle and make the turn to the quarterback. That's right. You know, he would slip and fall or either get pushed back a little bit further than he wanted to. And that's, you know, you're going to have to do some squats. You're going to have to add some weight, you know, and, and have counters. Speaking of counters, hey, man, look, we don't support on the Lucky Lucky podcast, we don't support violence against Notre Dame people. Hey, Micah Parsons, what you did to McGlinchey on Sunday, bro, you didn't have to hip toss that man like that, bro. What was that last part? Man, Micah Parsons, Mm -hmm. the way he hip tossed Mike McGlinchey in that game. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> dude! Like, don't like, don't put us on blast like that. You just go find somebody else, get somebody else from another school. But th- man, that's what I would love to see somebody turn into from this sophomore class, mm-hmm. right? That's Jalen Sneed, um, Josh Burnham, Tyson Ford, like one of these sophomores physically. Are gonna have to hit the scene and take a step. Yeah, we would love to get a Micah Parsons on our D line. I mean, I'll just be the the everything we needed. 
you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure guys are out there like that. We got guys on our team that have the potential. I just think a mean factor has to be uh, included in that D-line room. Maybe that comes from Al Washington just feeding them nails for breakfast every morning or something, but <laughs> I think that would elevate the and fix some of the issues that I think takes time, like to add weight to your D-line takes some time. But if they were some mean mofos in that front line, they'd be mm-hmm. hard to deal with, though. Yeah. You know, they'd be – like Stanford found a way. <laughs> you know, they, they averaged 250 and made it look like they had Jordan Davis out there. So it's a uh, an aggression that we have to uh, – mm that we have to add to the D-line that in the short term, while we're adding weight, while we're getting the Justin Scott to the world, this, that, and the third, that would, I think, can help us overcome some of the efficiencies, deficiencies we have. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Like we said, we didn't dig as much as we can. Maybe we'll do some more next week. But leaps and bounds at Notre Dame. Gains offseason with Matt Bayless. We talked about four or five guys different positions and what we might be looking for when they head to spring practice. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. We spin it different. Hey, that's it for that. We're getting ready to talk can or can't at Notre Dame. Leaps and bounds at Notre Dame right here. Lucky Lefty podcast.